Welcome to everyone who's tuning in with us today. My name is Jeff Watson, and I'm the executive producer of The Perspective with Mike Sherbino. We're a TV show and a syndicated radio show, and we are stepping into the conversation and looking to uncover how faith influences culture and how culture influences our faith. Be prepared to hear from some amazing guests, known and unknown, insightful conversations that will get you thinking. And most importantly, on the show, we are especially interested in encountering the living God and hearing about how he is transforming lives. Check us out on the World Wide Web at www.theperspective.tv. On Facebook, you can search The Perspective with Mike Sherbino, and you can also find us on YouTube. On the show today, we have two extraordinary individuals from the world of sports, and both of their names are Dave. Can you believe that one? First, we're going to be talking to NBA mindset performance coach and international speaker, David Nurse. You might recognize the last name. His uncle is the coach of the Toronto Raptors. That would be Nick Nurse. Dave has worked with NBA players, Marvel actors, high-powered CEOs, and people just like you and I. And in the second part of the show, we're going to be chatting with Dave Ripper, who is the pastor at Crossway Church in Boston, but he's also the chaplain for the mighty Boston Bruins. We're going to be talking to him about the work that he does with these rough and tough on-ice gladiators. Stay tuned for our conversation with David Nurse, right here on The Perspective. Well, I'm glad you're with us today, and I don't know if you're just waking up as you're watching the program, but what do you do when you wake up in a frump and you're just kind of overwhelmed with life? What do you do, Julie? Oh, boy, the first thing I do is I open up my Bible app because I know if I don't start with that, it's going to be a really bad day. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> it's God's Word that really or reorients our mind. It is. I love that verse in mm -hmm. Romans 12. It says we need to daily renew our minds. Yes. But how do we do that? And uh, to be quite honest, as I was sharing just before we came on air, uh, I woke up this morning, just in case you didn't know, I am awake. <laughs> I am awake. awake. Good. And, uh, and it was just kind of a heaviness. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. oh, and I talked to my wonderful wife, uh, and she was feeling the same thing. And we just had to pray and say, God, we need to invite you into the midst of this situation. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, sometimes a situation goes on a long time, but you are able to last through when you understand God's power and presence. But here to help us today is just an amazing guy. He was on the program before, mm -hmm. David Nurse. Uh, he trains some of the best minds in sports, corporations, and ministries. And if his name sounds familiar, that's because his uncle is the coach of the Toronto Raptors. For all of you in the Toronto area, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Welcome back to the show, David. We're really glad you're here. Appreciate you guys having me on. Good win by the Raptors last night, too. There you go. Julie's got a question for you right oh, well, out you know, the gate. We're going to jump right in. I was reading your book the other day, and I, I wanted to say this one quote of yours jumped out at me because it triggered a story. And it says, at best, mindlessly and thoughtlessly networking with people is useless for your breakthrough. It's nearly always actively harmful to your mission. And I, when I heard of that, I thought, wow, it reminded me of a story of my husband when he was networking in, in Nashville in the lobby of the hotel and people were around. And all of a sudden, he had a guy come up to him and say, should I? I know you and my husband said well if you want to meet another brother in Christ and he goes oh and then he quickly ran off I thought wow that just fit right into your quote right there well that's why we're here we're trying to network with you David uh, having a little bit of fun but why don't you just take a moment and build off what Julia said but share with our viewers again your journey to becoming one of the top motivational speakers in the world 
That's a huge acclamation, and we're proud for your sake. Oh, well, thank you. See, there's your networking right there. You're in my network. Now, Julie, that's a phenomenal question, and it's kind of my whole life has been connecting, but when you think about it, like, hey, you go into a room and you know those people that just like, they look behind you, they, they look who else is in the room and it's just, it, it's my biggest pet peeve because everybody has something to offer. And if we go into a room and we're thinking, oh, what can I get out of this? What can I get out of this? Not only are we going to come across inauthentic, but it's also going to be a massive stressor because you're always going to think, hey, I should have got connected with him. I should have connected with him. And it's just it's this hamster wheel of stress that we have. So my whole life is, has been based on the NBA and thinking I was going to play in the NBA. Now, thank God that uh, he didn't actually allow me to with my 6'2 height and about an uh, inch vertical leap. And I got cut from playing overseas for a professional team that was honestly more like a Will Ferrell semi-pro. But I learned all this hard work, this dedication, and I love the game of basketball, so I wanted to coach it. And my mom said this one quote that's been the biggest quote in my life. It stuck out to me. She said, David, when one door closes, four open, and an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. Now, this is when I had no money. I was living on my parents' recliner chair. She was doing dishes, just casually saying these quotes like she always did. But it stuck with me. And it's so true to life. Like, think about this. If we have a door that closes, most of us are like, well, it's over. Everything that I've poured into the last five years, 10 years, gone. Now I got to start fresh. No, you don't. You're always learning. You're always growing. And you can either look at the past as something that is holding you back, debilitating you, or you can look at it as, okay, it's the past. I'm going to accept it and use it for the future. Mm. And I think that is one of the biggest difference makers and perspectives that people can have here on the perspective. It's one of the most <laughs> powerful perspectives. Well, you know, David, as you're talking about that, you know, I'm thinking how that door at the NBA closed. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm still trying to play professional hockey. I'm probably a year or two <laughs> older than you. And it closed in Vancouver. We're back here in the, in the Toronto area. And, and, and I'm full of hope. You know what? I'm full of hope. It might happen. Just might happen. But talk to us. <laughs> Yeah, that was supposed to be funny. You were supposed to laugh. You didn't work with me on that one as much I was, as... Yeah. I was trying to think of like, well, maybe he does have it. Maybe there's an open hockey run he can go to. Let's see if we can get him an opportunity. But no, I think it's... Canada, yeah. Canadian teams have been losing so long, there's got to be hope for me. So, But here, here, jump in with this whole thing on the mindset, and, mm. and you can pick on me. As you were talking to Julie about what you just said, how do people's mindsets fluctuate naturally? Like, what do I need to be aware of back and forth? And uh, after all, life throws us a ton of curveballs. Yes, absolutely. Julie, and I want to wrap back to the question on how important connections are and the right way to do it, too. Hmm. So the mind is always going to think it's, it's triggered for the negative. We have 50,000 self-talk thoughts daily. 40,000 of those are negative self-talk thoughts. There's been tons of studies done. So when we wake up in the morning and like you were talking about, you start in a rut, that happens to a lot of people because they think, well, what is my life worth? What am I doing? Do I have any meaning? And you know, one of the, the, the greatest just freeing thoughts that I have is, hey, you know what? A hundred years from now, 
Nobody's going to know who I am. Nobody's going to know who you are. So who cares? We are playing with house money. We are playing with knowing that our salvation is in something so much greater than this world. And we don't have to stress about it. Because the thing is, like, if we think, hey, this is all on us. This is I'm controlling everything. No, you're going to drive yourself nuts. The greatest control is knowing that you are not in control. And having the faith of knowing that, that God has the plan for me. No matter, like, I can't see what's coming next, but somehow, wild enough, it always ends up better than I can even imagine. And I'm always kicking myself. I'm like, well, why did I stress about that? Because God makes it better than, than you can even game plan. Mm. And it's, it's the whole, like, here's the waiting scale. It is, hey, do I want to put my energy in fear, which literally is the, as, as I'm writing my third book on taking action, fear is what holds people back. 92% of people never accomplish their dreams because they live in fear. But fear takes the same amount of energy as faith. Fear, stress, anxiety, depression, faith, hope, joy, rhythm, pace, same amount of energy. Which one are you going to choose? To me, knowing that, like starting out in And I've got some tools we can go into as well that I can give people to use in their morning routine when they start their day to help kick their day off with a positive note. But I do want to wrap it all up in my whole career of getting into coaching and now into speaking and into writing books has all been based on serving others and genuinely connecting. What can I give to somebody else that I've been gifted with, even if it's just time and energy, And it's opened up so many doors. Not me going and asking and trying to use people. Like that guy was like, hey, can I connect with you? Did I know you? No, 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 no. What can you do to pour into others? And it all comes back to you. Well, listen, we only have uh, about a half a minute uh, in this segment before we go into the next. So maybe you can just touch on this. Uh, The idea of seize the formula in your book, Breakthrough. Maybe you can just tell us what those four sections are. And we can talk more about that after the break. Totally. Confidence cooperation, your team, service, and purpose. Those are the four. We'll tease it out. We can talk about it after the break. Sounds great. Hey, you know what? We've got David Nurse with us today. We're going to be right back after a short break. We've got some fun questions to go over, and he's going to tell me how I should have started my day this morning, (laughs) what I could have done differently, so I'm ready for tomorrow. Everybody goes through a time when they're stuck. Everybody has been a time. You look at the most successful people, they weren't just there. They have a time when they're stuck. And that's why I wrote this book, because we go through these situations, but we don't know how to get out. We often just get in our own way. Through what I've learned through working with NBA players, my own experiences, everything's a slight turn of perspective. We have a God-given strength. We all have a God-given strength, but yet far too often we are told we are weaknesses. Society says you increase your weaknesses. No, weaknesses is just another term for a compliments wish list. You You place yourself with people with different strengths. It's like the 98 Bulls. Michael Jordan, best scorer. Steve Kerr, best shooter. Scottie Pippen, best wingman. Dennis Rodman, best crazy man who you don't know what color hair he's going to show up, whether he's going to get kicked out of the game. Like all these different misfits make an ultimate team. So think about that in your life. Who are those people you want to surround yourself with? The best people to be around are, yes, the people that support you. Everybody talks about the support team and that's great and all, but also the people that challenge you. Challenge and support. Those are the type of people you want to build with. We're back here with David Nurse. And and David, just as we went to the break, I just shared, you know, I had a pretty challenging morning. Um, 
Did I do the right thing? Should I have done something different? What do you tell people as we talk about our mindset, which is so important? Yeah, so I mean, you said you prayed with your wife. I don't think you can go wrong there. But I, I, I like to build in these habits for my morning to know that like there's going to be a lot of mornings where I wake up and I don't want to just go attack the day. But number one, do not check your phone for the thir first 30 minutes unless you have an emergency and you have kids that you have to check your phone. If you cannot check your phone because there's going to be so many notifications on there, trust me, this will help immensely. I also, I love coffee. So as funny as it sounds, like I literally wake up looking forward to make the so coffee. So do I. It's like, yay. Okay, I'm going to confess, so, okay, I made the coffee and I set it to auto last night and I could smell it. And as I woke up, I still didn't want to roll out of bed, Aww. even though it smelled so good. So like, work with me, man. I want to get free psychiatric help right now. Totally. Okay. So the first 30 minutes, you didn't touch your phone. You weren't even feeling good with your coffee. One thing you have to understand is like as a baseball player, a hall of famer. So think about that. I know you're a hockey guy. You can say hockey shots on goal, but let's go baseball. All right. Baseball player, hall of famer. You're three out of every 10. You get a hit every single day, 365 days out of the year. I would think you're crazy if you woke up every single day with a ton of energy and feeling really good. Like you just wouldn't be human. So give yourself some grace there. Think about the major league baseball player who misses, strikes out, gets out seven out of 10 times, and he's still the best of all time. Think about that. All right, so let's say the, the coffee didn't do it. You're like, man, I'm drinking this coffee, whatever. I'm not feeling it, okay? Find your spot. So I have my spot. I get to watch the sunrise or wherever your comfy spot is. And every morning, this is your go-to spot. And just write out every little joy you've had from the day before, the past week, the month, anything that comes to your mind. I'll write out, had a great walk with my wife and my puppy, watched an amazing TV show, got a speaking deal, something like any, any little joys, make cookies with my wife. Just to put yourself in that, oh wow, I have a lot of really cool stuff. And then you could say, I got on the perspective as well. I mean, we can add that to the list. So let's make sure we don't forget that. That's not bad. That's a win too. Yeah, how many people would be dying to do that? And so you write out these joys. You have your joys, you have your coffee. And then I love to give five minutes. I'm not, I'm not very good at being very quiet and still. I like to do and talk and go. But I do five minutes. And this is just listening. If God's going to talk to me, and let me tell you, he has never said anything out loud like, David, do this. This is what you're called to do. But it's funny because I was reading this morning, my little devotional. It's like, spend this time with God in the morning. And at some point, he's going to give you the answer. He's going to mm. honor that time. So you're probably not going to get it in that five minutes. But just it's almost like you're planting seeds. You're like, come on, God. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, I know you're going to give me that. I'm praying to you. And it might take some time. But I think those staples, the joy, have something you look forward to, drinking coffee or tea or whatever it is in the morning, not checking your phone. If you really want to wake up, I take an ice cold shower right when I get out of bed. And that jolts me up. But so I've gone through the difficult thing in my day. I know whatever comes next, like I can get through it. So well, listen, those are I want to jump in here, David, because I know that there's a quote that you also said. It says, the enemy of great is not bad. The enemy of great is good. And I unpack that for us. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things to actually live out. 
because in a life when there's so many opportunities, so many things that can take us away from what we're really good at, but also where we want to be essential with our time. And this is what I call obsession in the mm. book. Most people think obsession like, ooh, dirt, no, don't, you don't want to be obsessed. No, no, balance. I, I don't want to be balanced 80-20 loving my wife or 80-20 on the mission. Obsession is what you want to spend your time on, where you want to focus. So that, and, and that being said, there's so many good opportunities, and I get so many good opportunities, and you get so many good opportunities. People do get opportunities, but, but what is your grade? Like, are you willing to say no to something? and be able to spend more time with your wife, with your kids. Like, it's hard for me. Like, I want to be like, oh, I want to be at this event. Oh, this event's going on, especially out here in LA. Like, so much going on. But I have to remind myself, like, there's nothing more important in life than spending time with my wife, than making sure I'm building myself up spiritually and not just connection, 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 doing this and this. So make sure you know what your great is, your non-negotiable. And that's where you say, okay, does this lead towards this? All right, now I can do it. That's when I can accept that. David, throw into the mix for us the whole subject of discipline. Is it the number one ingredient for a successful mindset or is there something else? And I know with professional players, uh, we can go down that road, but I'm going to let you t tackle it. I love that question. And I think it is, but not in the way most people think. And it's kind of cool that this show is called The Perspective and everything I talk about is just flipping it a little bit. Discipline <laughs> equals freedom. So think about that. Discipline equals freedom. When you're so disciplined in your routines, your habits, like you have the freedom, you've created the space to do anything else. You're not just waking up and just guessing what you're going to do. You're disciplined even when it's not fun because 80% of our days are habitual. So I tell people, hey, if you want to separate yourself, you'll always be successful if you embrace doing the things that other people don't necessarily like to do. Mm. And that's discipline. And when you're an NBA player and you don't feel like getting up at 6 a.m. and going for a workout in July when it's hot out and nobody's working out, that's going to give you the freedom to be better on the court during the season. So discipline, yes, is the main thing, but not in the way people think about it. Discipline's a great thing. It creates freedom. Hmm. It's like finding your little niche, you know, it's like, okay, this is where I need to go. I, we're running out of time, but at the end of the book, I have to say, I want you to expound on this. You talk about dying to live or living to die. Unpack that a little bit for us as well. Yeah, isn't that just like life in general? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we doing? Are we, are we working for a paycheck that we're going to die and we're not going to take any of the money with you? It, it's, a, it's a funny thing because I just actually heard something recently about the guy who started MySpace. Can't even remember his name. I know. <laughs> Yeah, right, but you haven't heard from him. But I looked him up and he's been traveling the world, spending time with his wife and kids and just like not really trying to do the next thing, the next thing. And then there's Zuckerberg who starts Facebook and the dude just looks stressed out to the max. Like, what, <laughs> what do we use it? Like work is, is great and all, but if it's not something to glorify God and his kingdom and create a life that we want to live, then we're really just living the biggest lie of, hey, I'm gonna work this, nine to five, pay taxes, feel like I'm free. I'm not saying that's bad, but say feel like I'm free. When in reality, like I'm just literally living to work and that is living to die. Mm, good point. Well, David, I wanna thank you for uh, taking your time to invest in our viewers. And I know that's uh, 
part of your DNA. So thank you so much for doing that. We want to encourage our people to get a copy of one of your two books. And I'm excited that the third one is in the uh, pipe. Uh, but Pivot and Go or Breakthrough. And uh, I just want to invite you to go to Amazon and that friendly person. And they will uh, help send you one of David's books if you give them a little bit of coin. David, thank you for being yes. with us today on The Perspective. Anytime, guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. A key component to a healthy life are healthy connections. In a world that prides itself in individualism, many are waking up to the feeling that something is missing. Here at North End Church, you will find a boatload of health connections. Regardless of your age, status, or current situation, North End Church at 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines has the welcome mat out for you. Check us out online at www.northendchurch.ca and visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. North End Church, where everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. Well, you know, Julie, love talking with David today. Oh, yeah. Um, I like the title of his books, Pivot and Go and uh, Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Yeah, just kind of oh, appeals to me. I know. And uh, I think I'm, I'm going to be a professional athlete now. <laughs> I'm just pumped. But it's the mind, isn't it? It is the mind. How we look at things. And I thought it was very interesting how you talked about fear and how fear is the most powerful thing that holds us back from doing something. And yet it takes just as much energy to be fearful as it does to have faith. So why not transfer that to having faith? Yeah, and exactly. And the whole faith encounter is really one of the pivot points. It's the mm -hmm. main pivot point, mm -hmm. and it's what gives people a breakthrough. Right. And, and so I just want to encourage you today, as, as you're watching the program, to think about is there a pivot point? Maybe even struggling and saying, can I trust Jesus? Is, is he uh, worthy of, of me placing my life in his hands? I'm going to tell you folks that when you do that, there will be a breakthrough mm. because you'll discover he's more than enough. And Julie, really we have an incredible savior in Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have any problem saying that. No, and I can't get through the day without him. So. When I talk to David, it's so easy for us to think about, okay, this is the key to being successful. But David will tell you that there's a foundation that he builds it upon, and that's his relationship with God. That's right. So key, so critical in this journey called life. I'm going to be back in just a moment just to share with you. It's a different kind of devotional this week. I want to talk to you about how I got here, how God brought me from the West Coast right to Ontario, where we can broadcast this program. Stay with us. So what did you watch on TV last night? If you're thinking that it could have been better, then listen up. At theperspective.tv, you will find compelling interviews and life-changing stories with people like Major League Baseball slugger Daryl Strawberry. Or how about Nick Vujicic? What about award-winning writer and speaker Lisa Bevere? Or leadership great David Green? Every week, enjoy this and more as Mike Sherboneau addresses the issues impacting all of us through compelling testimonies with application from God's Word. Check out The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau at theperspective.tv. Welcome back to The Perspective. Have a question on the episode you're hearing? Send Mike an email at this address, mike at theperspective.tv. Again, that's mike at theperspective.tv. You know, I'm always interested in knowing the backstory of people's lives. It helps me to know whether I can trust them. Are they the real deal? And I felt that you as the viewer need to at least know uh, some of my backstory and why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
I had an opportunity when I was a, a young pastor to uh, be on a program called 100 Huntley Street. I did their nightlight show, and God taught me a little bit about uh, you know, how to interview people and how to talk, and I enjoyed that. It resonated with me as I shared the message of hope. And then over the years, I had opportunity to do radio and uh, a little bit of other television as well. We were living on the West Coast and wondering if God has something else for us. We have adult children, we had some grandchildren, didn't really want to move from Vancouver, um, but God had other plans. And through a, a conversation, I was asked if I would come to St. Catharines and consider opening up a church in an empty building. There was a church building that had closed down. That was a big decision. But uh, before I made that decision, I was speaking at a conference. And at that conference, uh, when I spoke, a man came up to me afterwards and he said, you know what, God spoke to me and said, if you were to go to St. Catharines and open up a church, that he would be with you. I asked my friend who was running the conference, is the guy nuts? How did we ever know that? And God began to speak to my heart that, and confirmed it in many miraculous ways that we were to come, including our adult children giving us the blessing to leave them on the West Coast, missing the birthdays and a lot of special times, and come to Ontario. God had to work. And I remember leaving, we were living uh, in the Fraser Valley in Chilliwack, and leaving one day, our house hadn't sold. My wife said, where are you going to live? I said, God will provide something and we'll get the church started and then you can move. By the time I'd come to Ontario, six days later, the house had sold and God just began to do one thing after another. But four hours down the road, I stopped in Kelowna at a, and had lunch with a good friend. Many of you know I have a brother who had Down syndrome. He passed away and this man had a son, Jonathan, who had Down syndrome. And he said to me, Mike, he said, as you go, he said, I uh, bought a fridge magnet from a young boy who had Down syndrome at the local fair last week. I spent a buck. And uh, he said, you're going to need this for the trip. And if you can see it, the little fridge magnet said trust. And what I did, I took that fridge magnet, I had some duct tape, and I taped it to the dash of my truck. And I continued to drive. I drove through the mountains, and that got me through the mountains. And uh, the next day, as I was uh, crossing through Calgary and heading out to the prairies, and by the way, the prairies are still flat, I was overwhelmed with emotion. There were tears running down my eyes, and I said, God, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Most people would say, you're crazy to do this. i never forget, I was looking at my little fridge magnet that said, trust. There were tears running down my eyes, and it was uh, in late September, four years ago. And the, in the prairies, they just completed harvest. And some farmer had taken three sheets of plywood and he'd made a massive homemade billboard. And in that moment when I was overwhelmed, I looked up and there was this billboard along the Trans-Canada Highway. And do you know what it said? It said, trust in Jesus. And that was God's word to me to press on, that he would provide. And when I arrived here, I reached out to a friend and I said, can I use your studio that was in Hamilton? And he said, well, he said, our lease is expiring and I always wondered if I could partner with the church and put our studio in a church. And so in our church right now, as you can imagine, we have this incredible studio that my friend Tor Stotland has put in under uh, TMG and they produce all sorts of programs here, including the 700 Club Canada, our program, the news program. It really is a miracle. And on the other side of the hallway, when there was really no one to come, God has allowed a church to flourish. I pastor that church, and I do this program. 
Both are separate entities, and we trust God for his provision. And as you're watching the program today, my journey in life has been about trusting God, believing him for the impossible. And I would like to invite you to join with me in a, as, in a financial way, in a prayerful way. I need people that can help me to sustain this ministry. We already have invitations to go into the States. We can go to other countries to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I like to do it in an informal, relaxed way as if I was sitting in your living room. And I hope that you've appreciated that. But more than anything else, I hope that you will know that the, the Savior, the Lord Jesus, who I trust in, is someone that you can place your trust in as well. He's promised to never leave us or forsake us, to be our refuge and strength. And he wants to be yours today. Next on the show, we're going to be chatting with Dave Ripper, who is a pastor at Crossway Church in Boston and is also the chaplain for the mighty Boston Bruins. These elite athletes that he works with are watched by hundreds of thousands of people day in and day out. But today, Dave is going to speak to us about what it means to play for an audience of one. Stay tuned for our conversation with our second Dave, Dave Ripper. I want to take this moment to tell you why we do the perspective. Hope and help are so important. We want people to experience the hope that happens when they put their trust in Jesus. I know it transformed my life. It will transform yours if it hasn't already. We also want to help people and through the many interviews and as we teach God's word, to help people to realize that the Lord is with us, that he is our refuge and strength. So could I ask you to help me give hope to people across our country, why not go to the link below and donate to support the perspective and together we can give hope and help to our country. A key component to a healthy life are healthy connections. In a world that prides itself in individualism, many are waking up to the feeling that something is missing. Here at North End Church, you will find a boatload of health connections. Regardless of your age, status, or current situation, North End Church at 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines has the welcome mat out for you. Check us out online at www.northendchurch.ca and visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. North End Church, where everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. Welcome to The Perspective today. I'm Mike Sherbin, and we're talking about the glory of sports and how we uh, idolize, you know, someone who gets the winning goal. I remember as a kid, I would rehearse in my mind in the outdoor rink. I was winding up behind the net. I was slipping through the defenseman, putting it in the top right corner. I was hearing the crowds cheer, but that ah, didn't really happen. What about you, Julie? Did you ever uh, play some hockey? <laughs> uh, no, no. Yeah, but... I didn't think so. What do you do? What do you do for sports? I am a fencer. I fence foil. That, that looks like a meat probe to me. Like, um, <laughs> is that like a sword, the Three no. Musketeers? Uh, well, it's not like the Three Musketeers. You don't but kill people with that, do you? No, but in my mind, sometimes I think I get a little too excited. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so <laughs> once this virus is over, we're going to be in the studio and bring your game. I'm going to take you on. Absolutely. I got a hockey yeah. stick in one hand. You can use that <laughs> thing. All right. Okay. You're on. You're on. You're on. <laughs> you know, there's something about the competitive nature in all of us, though, isn't there, as we oh, ponder the sporting thing. And yes. 
And yet I also believe that God has created us that way so that we can represent him so well in all that we do to enjoy life to the fullest. And uh, while at the end of the day, Julie, I think the important thing is not to idolize sports, but to see that as a way to express ourselves. And it's one of the many things God's given us to enjoy, but it's uh, very competitive. We got a great guest on with us today to help us unpack these truths. Dave Ripper is with me. He is the chaplain of the Boston Bruins and also the, uh, the pastor of Crossway Church that has three locations in the greater Boston area. Welcome, Dave, to the program. Thanks for being here. Hey, Mike, it's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me today. So like, uh, what's a guy who doesn't play hockey? How did you ever end up being chaplain to the Bruins? Okay, that should be my job. I'm the hockey player, so like, what gives? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those really unpredictable callings that you sometimes get puts before you in life. And I got to know one of the Boston Bruins players, Adam McQuaid, who was coming to the church I was a part of, and he really started growing his faith pretty significantly. And then, uh, you know, we ended up starting a chapel program together with the Bruins, and that's been going on here. This is season seven that we've been a part of it. So it's been amazing to see how God worked and uh, continues to. So what does that look like? Do you uh, have like a church service with them once a week, or are you doing Bible studies with them? Unpack that. Yeah, it's far more of like a men's small group. Uh, typically off-site, we'll meet to talk about some of the key areas of life, really check in with how we're doing. Typically breakfast works best for an hour, hour and a half. And generally we try and do that every every week to a couple of weeks. COVID certainly uh, throwing a wrench into some of those plans, but so we, we cover a lot of really important topics like our identity, who are we, and to help the guys understand that we are loved by God. We're not our performance. We're not what other people think of us. Or who we're loved by and key themes like that and belonging, calling, uh, how do we find our security in Christ really are big themes that I think have resonated great with the guys. But I just love the solidarity and the mutual sharing. I think I just really try and facilitate opportunities for guys that talk about how they're really doing. And God seems to work the most through that vulnerable sharing and honesty uh, of the guys between each other. Well, you know, I was thinking how so often we look at Facebook and how many likes we have or how many people are looking at our profile. And, and for a hockey player, it's got to be very similar because, you know, you know, points for and against what they're, uh, how many goals they've got is so easy yeah. to compare. And understanding identity is, as you're saying, it's absolutely huge. So do you do a, a chapel with the whole team for those who want to come or is it just uh, off-site meetings with some of the players? Yeah, typically at the beginning of the year, we'll, we're able to make a bigger invitation to the whole team. And so, you know, hockey is not like that, as you know very well, not exactly the most Christian sport and not exactly the most welcoming of, uh, you know, the Christian influence, maybe like other sports like the NFL or, or things here in America. So I get a little bit of a window to kind of invite folks, but it's mainly something, for, a way for me to support the players and some of the staff more individually. And it's kind of an opt-in uh, sort of opportunity that they get to have. So to generally it's players inviting players to come. And uh, there's even now a conference that's being held in the summer for hockey players uh, professionally uh, present and past. And that's kind of like our almost big summer camp for uh, for <laughs> like we would have in youth group. And we see that the Lord work in some really powerful ways there amongst uh, different players. You know, I think of a whole bunch of stories. Uh, one time I was playing in a pickup league and uh, they knew I was the pastor. So they adjusted the schedule. They said, hey, you know, maybe if you get here for the game, do a short match, they told me, and get here for the game and maybe you can bless the ice. 
I think, of, I think of another time, you know, I was speaking to the Toronto Blue Jays and they were playing uh, against the Minnesota Twins and uh, I was in a quandary. How do you pray? Who pray? Do you pray for which team to win? And yeah. I'm having a little bit of fun there because I know the Bruins are, what, fourth in the Atlantic Division right now. And uh, I'm sure you get some ribbing on that. Tell me about what it's like. What's, what's some of the kibitzing the guys give you? Oh, boy. Uh... Yeah, you know, I think the guys definitely, they, uh, you know, I think they give me a good, good time with my last name, Ripper, is a pretty fun uh, <laughs> hockey last name. So <laughs> I, I do get ragged on a little bit there, but, you know, with some of the other challenges and questions, uh, boy, I, I think, you know, I think a lot of the guys overall do look to me to kind of be like that that person in their life that they can ask questions to that they haven't been able to really get to wrestle with, with others. You might even be embarrassed too. So you know, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff with guys who I've done premarital counseling for uh, different players and their, their fiancés officiated one guy's wedding. Uh, so there's a lot offsite. That's this. pretty neat. Really helpful. Yeah, yeah. So when you, when you talk about that, are there maybe one or two, maybe three guiding principles that you give to guys? I mean, after all, you're a preacher, so you got to have at least three points. <laughs> um, but are there some guiding principles that you keep reinforcing in your conversations with these men? Absolutely. You know, I think, I think one of the key ones uh, for sure is about, you know, what we pay attention to shapes who we become. So as you kind of alluded to as well, it's easy to pay attention to our stat lines or what people are thinking of us or our ice time. And, and how do we really focus on, on God's love for us that we are loved by him. And as, and then we play from a place of being loved by him, not to perform, not to prove ourselves, not to earn our worth. And I think one of the principles then that the guys have almost maybe taught one another more that I maybe just facilitated a conversation to have is the idea that, that they really want to go out on the ice and play for an audience of one, not the crowd, you know, not the, the Boston fan base, which can love them or hate them at any given second. They're still pretty loyal, but uh, <laughs> their mind pretty honestly, but how do you really focus on playing for an audience of one, you know, within that? And we've talked a lot just even about some of those outside relationships that have been really important for them. So one of the funnier things that we talked about, I reading a book by Dan Allender who shares how God is both loving and and God and and how he's loving he's both strong and tender and so we started to talk about what does strength look like but conversely what does tenderness look like in our character and how we especially relate with our spouses or other loved ones and, and the guys really did connect with that and so we kind of go through that yearly and it's funny to hear one of the guys tell another guy and you're looking so tender here today <laughs> well <laughs> if you don't expect all hockey players to say <laughs> coming from a guy whose last name is ripper i mean that can only be a god thing as you see that transformation Dave, I want to thank you for being with us today. Thanks for just jumping on and sharing some of those nuggets with us. I love the idea of playing for an audience of one. Thanks, Dave. Great. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. God bless. Thank you. We are all image bearers. We are loved and accepted by the Creator. We have a purpose, value, and a destiny. With that in mind, AIA wants to journey with you in faith, life, and sport. And this is why we exist, to help develop the total athlete, physically, mentally, spiritually. This is what we do every day. So I want to get right into it. Tell us a good old hockey story, one of your most memorable 
times, experiences with the Bruins, or maybe some other team. Yeah, well, it's good to connect with you here, Julie. And boy, it's just been powerful to watch God's love and how love is all about self-sacrifice. And in a sport and in a world where you know, being number one is such an important thing, it was really fascinating to hear some of the guys just talk about what it would look like to be a, a follower of Christ and still to play hockey. And there was a very interesting moment where one of the defensemen spoke to another one of the players who were both kind of battling for the same spot at the same time. And, uh, one player, uh, Adam McQuaid, who's a Canadian, shared about how he was for this other player. As much as he wanted this spot, he believed the love of Christ would uh, really compel him to want to be for the other players and not just for himself. And that really just ministered to me, even as the guy who's supposed to be kind of ministering to the other players. And to see that type of humility, that type of other-centeredness just moved me mightily. And even made me think at the time when I was working for a pretty large church and a lot of us were all battling for kind of opportunities to get to preach, would I really be for the other, uh, my other pastors and coworkers as much as Adam was for his uh, fellow teammates and that convicted me a lot and just showed me God's love in a very unsuspecting place right there at the TD Garden after one of the Bruins practices. I think that's a wonderful example. You know, it's, we, we are competitive, but to, to, to show that, you know, the bigger picture, I think that's awesome that it, we, we, all, we all need to live up to that. And I know that it, it's not just sports where we need to live up to that as well. But uh, after spending uh, so much time with these pro hockey players, I want to ask you, what have you learned from them that is maybe helpful for young up-and-coming hockey players? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think character matters so much. You know, who you are is ultimately, I think, what God gets out of your life. And I've just seen some of these players get a re-kind uh, of focus of their perspectives when maybe different stretches of life, they were all for themselves. Everything was kind of about me. You know, ego could be a really big thing. And a lot of that just doesn't satisfy or deliver on what it promises. And so really cultivating character, being the right type of person on the ice, off the ice, to have that type of congruence that I'm not somebody, one person here and another person there. I'm really trying to be the same person, the, the same type of Christ-like person that God would call me to be. And that brings a ton of freedom. I think one other lesson to add to that, it was really fascinating hearing uh, different players talk about how you know, when they were younger, they would just think that if I could become, uh, say, a pro athlete and just maybe get to play one game on ice uh, at the big leagues, then I would be satisfied. Mm -hmm. But then they achieved that. And then they eventually felt emptier and thought, well, if I can just maybe get a full contract, then I'll finally be satisfied. And then they get that. And it still kind of leaves you wanting more. Or if I could just become an all-star or just you know, play a thousand games or hoist the Stanley Cup, then I'll be satisfied. But I remember one of our chapel uh, times where a veteran player was speaking to the younger players and kind of helped them say, achievements never deliver on all that they promise. So enjoy where you're at. Be fully present where you're at. Receive this season, this stretch, this part of your life as just a real gift from God and honor him with it. And that will make the biggest difference in life. And that will ultimately help you find the satisfaction you're looking for.
That is so true. And I think we're also guilty of it. No matter what stage of our lives, we always have to remind ourselves that otherwise we get so caught up in the stuff that we want to look forward to and forget we have to live in the moment. Very good, good wisdom there. Um, is there a thin line between success and failure? Like how do you define winning and losing? I think you've pretty much done that, but is there anything else? Yeah. You know, I think it's so easy for us to evaluate our self-worth based on our performance or what other people think. And, and I think there's something that can transcend that. Uh, uh, Dallas Willard is a great writer and thinker, a hero of mine would say, you know, what God gets out of your life is the person that you become. So I think loving well, uh, doing your best, being faithful, I think, especially in these times that we're living in, yeah. faithfulness is just such an, a great goal and aspiration to be endeavoring to, to, to be that type of faithful person. And I believe when we live faithfully, we live fully. And that's what right. Jesus has come to offer us, that type of full life. So being faithful, I think, helps us uh, to live fully. And I think that's really what success is all about, far more than how you know, high we climb up the ranks or what our uh, you know, plus minuses on or off, you know, on the ice, uh, yeah. who we become and being faithful to God is what success is all about, at least in, in my perspective. No, I absolutely agree. I know that Mike has a couple of questions. So, Mike, come on board. Hey, Dave, just to uh, bring in a couple more thoughts about sporting. I know um, just recently the Bruins retired number 22, Willie O'Ree. What an incredible story. First uh, black man to play in the NHL. He yeah. overcome, overcame so many obstacles. And as you're reflecting on that, how do you encourage the players to overcome the obstacles, whether they haven't won or their, their numbers aren't as good as they'd like them to be? How do you speak mm -hmm. life into them? Yeah, uh, his you know, that player's example is just one of courage, uh, one of being willing to to kind of stand out, to stand alone. And I think especially for you know these Christian athletes in a you know kind of a non largely non Christian sport, being willing to walk that narrow road as Jesus described it, is where we find life. And so encouraging uh, our players and others to make sure they don't just conform to the way the world's trying to, trying to squeeze us into its own mold, but being who God has called us to be uniquely is a great way to, to live our lives. Wow. Well said, Dave. I uh, appreciate you being on the program again today, and we look forward to having you back in the future to talk about all things related to God and sports, and especially the fact that you are a follower of Jesus, mm -hmm. his son. Man, I'm excited for you, and uh, Keep pressing on. In just a moment, I'm going to be back to bring to you God's Word for today. I want to take this moment to tell you why we do the perspective. And Julie, there are two words going through my mind. <laughs> I know what they are. What are they? Hope and help. You got it. You knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Hope and help are so important. And can I just share with you as the viewing audience that we want people to experience the hope that happens when they put their trust in Jesus. I know it transformed my life. It will transform yours if it hasn't already. We also wanna help people and through the many interviews and as we teach God's word, to help people to realize that the Lord is with us, that he is our refuge and strength. So could I ask you to help me give hope to people across our country? Why not go to the link below and donate to support the perspective and together we can give hope and help to our country. 
You know, as we've been processing what uh, Dave Ripper has been sharing with professional athletes, you and I are as important to God as a hockey player, a soccer star, you name it. And we need to realize that what is critical in our journey called life is what we believe. We've been talking about the essentials this week as we're unpacking the whole teaching on the church, what it's all about. What are the main teachings of the church? And one of the critical teachings is the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all in one and yet have unique responsibilities. Yesterday, we talked about how God has chose us. The Father has planned our salvation. God is longing for you and I to be in relationship with Him. And He'll go to all lengths to draw us in if we hear His voice, if we want to respond to Him. And I trust that you want to respond today. But the reality is this. For God to plan our salvation, it meant that Jesus, the second part of the Trinity, had to pay for our salvation. And we have a powerful scripture in the book of Ephesians today that I want to read to you. And it's in Ephesians chapter 1, and it's coming up on your screen. And we read this, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. When we read this statement, it is descriptive of what Jesus did so that you and I can have relationship with him. One of the errant teachings that are prominent today, but it's also cropped up under different headings throughout the centuries, is what we refer to now as progressive theology. Progressive theology is a really comforting teaching. It says that I'm starting here, and as long as I'm going in the right direction towards God, everything's going to be okay. As long as you're trying to get closer to God, you're okay. But what it infers is that I'm doing it in my strength. And ultimately, I don't need Jesus. Because if my intentions are good enough, even though we might say, yes, I believe in Jesus, or I want to admit that he is maybe a great leader um, or a prophet, but ultimately, if I'm doing my own thing, then I really don't need him because I can get to God. So we start here, and we're just moving in the right direction. Oh, they're such a nice, loving person. They're such a kind person, and they believe in all sorts of things. But ultimately, do they realize that they need a Savior? See, that's the difference. That's the difference with Christianity. Jesus made the audacious claim that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And the way to God is through Jesus giving his life on the cross to pay for that politically uncorrect word that we don't like to use, sin. Yes, I'm a sinner. I can't say that you are, although the Bible says that, but I know that I am. Nobody had to convince me of that reality. And I come to this beautiful statement. It says that he redeemed me by his blood. We have the forgiveness of sins. We were slaves on the auction block. And when Jesus gave his life, he paid the full price. But it goes on and it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. The picture of Jesus' love for us today is described in the word that he lavished. Let me illustrate it this way. You know, I, I'm going to admit right off the bat that that I'm a kid at heart and I love a peanut butter sandwich as much as any five-year-old. And I kind of prepared this beforehand. I got a slice of bread and I put the butter on because I'm convinced you have to have butter before you put the peanut butter. Now, I have a brother who doesn't agree with me, but he's only living life half full. 
And you know, what happens is this, when we think about how Jesus lavished his love on us, well, sometimes I've had a peanut butter sandwich made by someone who wasn't my mother or by myself. And you know what? They put the peanut butter on and they just kind of spread it really thin. And, and, and I see that and I feel like I'm getting ripped off. You know what I want? I want it lavished on. And, and you know what? I like it thick and I like it there. And, and I prefer, although I like the crunchy, I prefer the smooth. But when I get lavished, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm looking at. And my goodness, it smells so good. And I know that if I eat it on TV, my, my mouth is going to stick together, but it's just so good, I want to enter into it. And that's the reality of it. You know, it's a simple illustration, but I want you to remember this, that Jesus has lavished his love on you. And you can't go outside of the realm of his grasp. There's nothing that you do that has not been too great that he can't forgive. He didn't just skimp on salvation. He has paid the full price for your salvation. And as we understand the teaching of the Trinity that God chose us to be part of his family, let's remember that Jesus has paid the price for my sin and yours. And he's extending the welcome. He's extending the welcome today to come home, to come to him. Hi, I'm Dr. Grant Mullen, and welcome to today's Keys to Healing. Each time I'll answer a question and give you another key for your journey to healing physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. When I became a physician, I started out as an anesthetist. Yes, I wanted to put people to sleep, but I worked in a small hospital, so we only did surgery in the mornings, and in the afternoons I had to do general practice. As a GP, I was shocked and overwhelmed with the number of Christians coming to see me with emotional as well as physical problems. I knew lots about physical problems, but I didn't know anything about emotional ones. So God took me through a training program where he taught me the keys to healing physically, spiritually, and emotionally. In upcoming segments, I'll be sharing these keys with you so you can walk to freedom too. In Matthew 4 and 23, it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Healing was an essential part of Jesus' ministry. You know why it was so important? It was because healing miracles demonstrated to everyone how much God loved them and was personally interested in their suffering. Jesus came to show us that God is not far off or disinterested in our struggles. Matthew 14 and 14 says, When Jesus saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Jesus knows what it's like to be human and all the struggles we have. He never gets tired of hearing our requests, so you can be totally honest with him. So the first key in praying for your healing is to be aware how much God loves you and cares about whatever you care about. He's so close, the Holy Spirit actually lives in you. So when you pray, it's a local call, and He loves to hear from you. Today, raise your level of faith and expectation and start praying for your healing. If you have questions you'd like me to answer, just go to drgrantmullen.com and use the Contact Us button to submit your question. And while you're there, have a look at our Free Your Mind program. It's an online video course that will walk you through personal healing mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And I'll see you next time. So what did you watch on TV last night? If you're thinking that it could have been better, then listen up. At theperspective.tv, you will find compelling interviews and life-changing stories with people like Major League Baseball slugger Daryl Strawberry. Or how about Nick Vujicic? 
What about award-winning writer and speaker Lisa Bevere? Or leadership great David Green? Every week, enjoy this and more as Mike Sherboneau addresses the issues impacting all of us through compelling testimonies with application from God's Word. Check out The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau at theperspective.tv. A key component to a healthy life are healthy connections. In a world that prides itself in individualism, many are waking up to the feeling that something is missing. Here at North End Church, you will find a boatload of health connections. Regardless of your age, status, or current situation, North End Church at 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines has the welcome mat out for you. Check us out online at www.northendchurch.ca and visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. North End Church, where everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. Well, it's been a full show today. It's been awesome to have Dr. Grant Mullen, our doctor in the house, with his keys to healing, and we'll have him on again. And it was wonderful to have Dave Ripper from the Boston Bruins. And I have to say, Mike, your illustration with the peanut butter, uh, how we are not out of God's realm of forgiveness and that he lavishes his love on me. I love it. I will remember it. I know many others will remember it. Illustrations like that just really speak to us. God is amazing. I'm not a peanut butter fan, but chocolate, if you substitute with chocolate, I'm with you. You know, Julie, the principle of the illustration is for us to realize that we can't outrun the grace of God. And he's extending his love to each of you today. Regardless of how much you might feel you're broken, God is the one who can mend a broken heart. Thank you for tuning in to The Perspective today. Tune in next week where we'll feature two stories that are of biblical proportions. First, we will hear from Fox and Rob Richardson, a husband and wife who both did time for a bank robbery they committed together. Now they are reunited. It's a story of love, redemption, and God's amazing grace. And in the second part of the show, we will be talking all about the art and science of forgiveness with author and coach Andrew Blackwood and Kim Fook, the woman who forgave the pilot who dropped a bomb on her village and left her scarred for life. She is also known as the little girl in the Pulitzer Prize winning photo, Napalm Girl. All this next week on The Perspective, where we are always seeking to uncover how faith influences culture and how culture influences our faith. Bye for now.